0: Booster is excited to support DIA Schools Collaborative on furthering the missions of our respective organizations through Follow to Lead podcast and other DIA programming. Visit ChooseBooster.com for details on Booster's school fundraising events, technology, and customized spirit gear. Booster can help your Catholic school meet and exceed its fundraising goals. Learn more today. Welcome to Follow to Lead,
1: Christ the teacher, teach us to listen. Teach us to do the deep listening to the sounds of our soul, waiting to hear your voice calling out to cast out deeper, to become fishers of men and women, shepherds of souls, to follow your will in order to lead others to the truth, beauty, and goodness only you can offer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen well welcome to follow to lead a journey twice a month into the world of catholic education exploring what it means to follow god in order to lead others to him i'm father randy sly your host and today we are going to be talking with john cannon the founder of sent ventures an organization that provides business insight community support peer-to-peer mentorship and deep spiritual grounding for innovative spirit-led enterprises to succeed and revitalize the 21st century Catholic Church. Now, prior to Sent, John ran a boutique management consulting practice, was a policy advisor to the governor of Alabama, and spent seven years of monastic life as a Carmelite, where he worked in a variety of ministries. He received a BBA and BA from the University of Notre Dame a master's in politics and international relations from Oxford University, an MBA from Harvard Business School, an MA in philosophy from Mount Angel Seminary, and an MA in theology, Franciscan University, Steubenville. So, John, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you, Father Randy, for having me. It's a pleasure oh, it's
1: here. a joy to have you with us. And uh, it sounds like you've been busy in your life just reading through all of the things that you've done.
2: Yeah, just still can't figure out what I want to be when I grew up. It's more. Like <laughs> there
1: it. you go. Well, yeah. uh, we want to learn about Scent and also the summit that you're going to be uh, hosting uh, in just a couple of weeks. But we like to always begin our time together by letting our guests share something about your background. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your upbringing?
2: Sure, glad to. Yeah, I grew up in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. My dad was... Uh, practicing Catholic and went to mass every day, prayed a lot. And I just had that example growing up, which was always kind of anchored on. He would take us to EWTN for uh, Friday afternoons. Um, I didn't really, uh, after college, I would say I kind of fell away from practicing my faith as intentionally and kind of got caught up in fun and games and chasing career success and going to fancy schools and, um, uh, you know, God and his mercy just allowed me to add a really intense spiritual experience maybe 10 years ago now um, that just just changed everything literally overnight went from reading Wall Street Journal and Economist to uh, tearing through spiritual books and um, started spending time in prayer and going to mass daily and um, eventually entered religious life and um, was with the Carmelites as you read in my bio for, for some years, but, um, felt like I was leading me out of there, uh, which, which I can go into more, but, um, uh, you know, I I, very graced to have a father who, uh, spent daily time in prayer and went to mass every day. And even though I wasn't practicing my faith for periods of time, I always had that example and kind of, uh, that was always kind of an anchor in my mind of what I hope to be and where I have to go. And I think God just Kind of intercepted at some point and tried to try to bring me back, and I'm still still working on it today. But um, uh, there's you know very you know nothing can really replace a a, you know loving parents that that model the faith for you. I believe.
1: I'm interested. What led you to explore religious life? Was it uh, this kind of an awakening that you had back about ten years ago? Then.
2: Yeah, you know it's interesting. I mean, I the the spiritual experience I had was so intense and profound and transformative and uh, you know like it just it was like a spiritual world had been opened to me that i just wanted to go more and more into and it was it was like i don't know it's hard to explain but i i could see no other path in my life but religious life at the time Mm -hmm. it was the only you know the deepest desire and longing i had just to seek an intimacy and a closeness with god and you know i i um i waited for two years actually to join i you know i was very interested in the carmelites but it was kind of slow going like would email. I wouldn't hear back for two months and then <laughs> it took right. a while. And then I also had to pay off my student loans and that took a long time and, you know, it took some time. And, um, and so, uh, you know, God was teaching me patience in that too, but it was, it was, I don't know. It was, it, I thought I would be there for life too, but it, it became clear as I, as I went along that that wasn't, wasn't my lifelong path, but, um, I'm very thankful for that, for that time and that formation for sure.
1: Uh, are there disciplines that you've carried on in your life that began with your Carmelite experience?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's it, the religious life is really beautiful because there's there's an integrated harmony to it. So right. it's a very structured day. You know, you have an orarium, and um, you know, and you wake up and you we had, we had an hour and a half in the morning for prayer and mass, you have an hour of mental prayer or contemplative prayer in the morning and um, in mass. And then, you know, you have community time and then a work period. And then, uh, you know, some type of recreation and, you know, and then, uh, but it's a harmony of of prayer of prayer and, and spirituality and work and community and rest and leisure and taking care of yourself as well. And, um, and I think for most of us, especially for me, my, my, my life was, out of balance, it was like all work and then a little bit of fun, you know. <laughs> and there wasn't much time for like really rejuvenating myself or prayer or spirituality. And so I'm trying to seek much more of a harmony from that. I, and I can't pray; but we prayed almost four hours a day there, but I, I can't do that now, you know, working. But uh, you know, go to mass in the morning and take at least thirty minutes for mental quiet prayer in the morning, right. and, and some other check-ins during the day. And just having those ink, those touch points with God throughout the day is is very life giving. And I've tried to try to sustain that. It's it's almost like uh,
1: those in religious life are there to remind us of kind of bringing our our life balance uh, into perspective, especially with our relationship with God.
2: Yeah, I think that's I think that's beautiful, and 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 there's a there's a beautiful synergy I think between the lay and the mm-hmm. and the religious vocations. Because I I remember when I was in religious life, and I was so inspired by beautiful families or lay people that were working so hard and also caring for their families and. That edified me and helped me to grow and, and stretch me and how I was loving and serving my community members also. So mm-hmm. I think I think there's a um a dialectic to use a philosophical term between a relationship, beautiful relationship between the lay and the and the religious or, or, or um you know consecrated mm-hmm. or, or even priestly vocations that they help each other and build each other up in the body of Christ, which is beautiful.
1: Now, currently you're involved in uh scent or scent ventures. Uh, how did how did this get started?
2: Yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, well, when I was with the Carmelites, I, I became very, I, I became very interested and in, the Catholic church has changed my life. It's transformed my life. But has a terrible kind of brand reputation now people are running away from the Catholic church right and, you know and, and we're kind of in a crisis I mean, we're in a crisis moment in in history and but these things have happened before and the catholic Church has, has been challenged and struggled in the past and has renewed and come out of it so i became interested in what are those patterns for how the holy spirits renew the church and so i looked mm-hmm. at leaders who had led renewal efforts like you know ignatius of lola who was an educator and and himself and Uh, or Mother Teresa of Calcutta and trying to understand the common characteristics of these leaders and found that one, they're, they're holy, right? They seek a deep relationship with God and allow Christ to, to uh, transform their lives. They're also very entrepreneurial. They find needs around them where they are and they try to address them. Needs related to the human person. It may be education needs, healthcare needs, spiritual needs, and they do something about it. And it gave me a new way of thinking about renewal in your life in the church. And so I, I, ended up discerning out of religious life and started sent really to build up Catholic entrepreneurial leaders, ones that are people who are addressing needs in the world, but allowing the Holy spirit to take their work to another pitch. Um, and so we, we're uh, a community and support network and uh, incubator for Catholic entrepreneurial leaders. Uh, who have mission-based organizations and then also ones that are running, you know, just kind of secular companies where you never mm-hmm. see on their website, they're Catholic, but they want to bring their faith to the values of the company or how they work with clients and, and customers as well.
1: It's interesting because the term entrepreneur and Catholic sometimes are seen almost as oxymorons to each other because the church, having been around for 2000 years you know, how can we be entrepreneurial? And so this to me is a very exciting new thing for our church in, uh, in the 21st century. And how, how does it work? Uh, I, I noticed on the website, for example, you have three different tiers of membership with SENT and you're inviting what Catholic entrepreneurs, business leaders, and others to kind of join together to learn from each other and grow. Tell us more about that.
2: Yeah, sure. So let's say you're, you're running a Catholic organization, or, you know, even if you're, or or you're head of a school or, um, have a leadership position in a company and you want to really bring your faith and values to, to how you lead. Um, it it can be one, it can be, uh, you know, there's some challenges or kind of pain points in that process. One, it can be very isolating, uh, as a leader or a founder, uh, um especially if you're running a secular enterprise and you want to bring your faith to it um, two there can be challenges with strategy how do I get from a to b or b to c I, I kind of see where I want to go but I'm not sure exactly how to get there three how do I access resources and networks how do I get in front of the right people to grow my venture um, how do I um uh, you know how do I raise capital etc uh, and then four um, you know, having community and a spiritual support and, and process for growth can be can be really important too. Because when you're really busy and maybe you're managing a family because you're founding something, you're running leading something, your spiritual life can suffer in that process as you become right. kind of stretched thin. So we help support Catholic founders and 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 leaders uh, in that journey. And so mm-hmm. we do that, we do that in in three main ways. Uh, one, we can help connect them with great mentors. So let's say you're you want a mentor to help you develop your strategy. We can connect you with a, a business mentor who can help you develop your strategy, who shares your faith and values, and uh, connects with your mission. Uh, or if you want, to, you're trying to raise money, or if you are, um, you know, developing your marketing plan, we'll mm-hmm. help connect you with the right mentors to do that too. Uh, we build uh, peer. I think Duke and Autumn has these also, but peer coaching communities where we can right. connect you with five to eight other founders, CEOs, heads of schools. Uh in and you journey over a one-year fellowship program to build each other up. So we'll work with you on your vision setting and goal setting for the year. We'll mm-hmm. give you a space to work through strategy problems that you have uh or ideas that you have where you can workshop them with other peer CEOs and founders. And then we also have a spiritual curriculum that's customized for founders and entrepreneurs. We even look at case studies of how Mother Cabrini founded 67 institutes on three continents in 25 years, you know, kind of mm-hmm. unpack that that founding story. Um, and then the third way we support founders and entrepreneurs is we, uh, we also have a community platform where you can um, access weekly workshops and virtual networking events, resource libraries, um, and a member list of hundreds of other uh, founders around the country who share your ideas and, and vision. So um, it's, a, it's a national community that allows you to, to grow uh, with other founders and, and Catholic CEOs.
1: You know, it's interesting you mentioned Mother Cabrini, and I, I know Elizabeth Ann Seton and other saints, especially some of our more contemporary saints, the things that they did, we we really don't think of them as entrepreneurial, but they really are.
2: Oh, well, they totally were. Yeah. And that, I mean, we right, exactly. That was one of the surprising things for me when I started studying their lives is they... They, and some of the similarities too is you know business founders too they usually identify a need like a need mm-hmm. in their that they experience a personal need they experience or someone they know experiences and they try to do something to address that need and yeah and you see that in these founders mother seton or mother Cabrini uh and and countless others you know they they in and, and they and they and they they're creative and, and innovative in how they address it and um and so that you know seeing that pattern in, in a lot of these saints whether it's yeah. I looked at dozens of them. Yeah. You know, mother Cabrini mother, you know, mother Seton, even, you know, the, even, you know, St. Benedict founding monastic institutions in the, in the fifth century. I mean, they, I think they're all very, I think they're all, all very entrepreneurial. And, um, and they, the interesting thing is too, they, the, the ones within our faith, when they allow God to work through it, they build things that last and endure for long periods of time. I think like the Holy Spirit's built into it. I mean, companies may last, it's great if a company lasts five or 10 mm-hmm. years, but, these orders and institutions that last for centuries. And um, and it's part of the enduring power of God's work, I think.
1: Would would it be fair to say that one of the things you're helping entrepreneurs to do is to uh, uh, kind of disassemble the compartmentalization of their lives? Would that be fair? Uh, Where you know, they see their spiritual life, but they also see their business life, and and all of those are different compartments. But you're trying to kind of bring them all together.
2: Yeah, we do do that. I mean, I think you know, if you're founding uh, an enterprise, you there could be a temptation or a tendency to get your kind of business or administrative support over here and your spiritual support over here, and those two worlds don't don't really talk to each other. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so we have a, a spiritual curriculum and kind of a ethos that that aligns those together so um in a very practical way too so when we're working with leaders you know we'll focus on you know what's your interior life what's your game plan for building your prayer life and relationship with god very practically like what does Mm. that look like for you right now how are you thinking about integrating church teaching into your leadership and we'll go through various documents related to being an executive or a business leader or a founder mm-hmm. and and then talk through practical ways of building that into your personal and in your in your administrative and business life and then and then looking at models for these founders and how they did things uh, to impact their to impact their stories and learn for how mother is fascinating because she was a great business administrator and and a mystic you know mm-hmm. in, in one and she yeah. had no problem saying okay you know to a donor who promised to you know is going to write her million dollar check. And he kind of started backing out of it. And she was like, look, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to, you need to make this. You you made a commitment to make this contribution for the good of your soul. Mm -hmm. I think you should, (laughs) because she would challenge him on it. uh, And then she would go pray for an hour. And so I I think we can have that kind of that holy tenacity is, is something you see in a lot of them. And it's a good, good, good model for us.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? To see how you can, Uh, integrate those two. I had a friend, this was years ago, uh, and uh, he had this ministry that he was beginning, and uh, he had uh, in his offices, of course, he had his office, and then he had a prayer chapel. And he said that things didn't really start happening until he started doing his administration in his prayer chapel rather than at his desk, Mm -hmm. bringing prayer into more of his decision making is—is right? is that kind of one of the of the strategies that you really encourage?
2: Oh, That's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, we definitely encourage. You know, people have different ways of doing that of bringing their bringing their work into their prayer and their prayer into their work, and it's something that we really encourage and and provide kind of guidance to to leaders on. And I think everyone, yeah, hopefully as we grow into that, have different kind of tactics for it, but. You know, I, I think for me, like I notice, I try and take it you know, at least 30 minutes every morning, just quiet, mental, mental prayer. And, and a lot of the things I'm working on or the challenges or the frustrations or the problems that I'm working on come up in that prayer. And mm-hmm. I find that the Lord often he often smooths, sm- smooths and levels that out in that time. I'll have an idea or inspiration for a problem i'm working at, like how to solve it or resolve it or mm-hmm. we need someone to help with this project and, I, and someone's name just comes to mind or an image of them or I, I feel like i actually make more progress in on the business side of things in prayer than i do at any other point in the day <laughs> yeah. without trying yeah, yeah. because god the holy spirit creates the the space you know when you create the space for the holy spirit to work in your life and prayer he responds by uh, answering in the right way, in the best way. So there's no, there's no better substitute for being uh, an effective, efficient, and productive Catholic leader than taking time for prayer.
1: Uh, you made a statement on, on your website I, I, I loved, and it says, our goal at SENT is to unleash a spirit-led entrepreneurial movement that reawakens people everywhere to the transforming power of the Catholic Church. Can you kind of dive into that a little bit for us?
2: Sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a mouthful, but we, you know, we, and it ties to this being inspired by these holy founders in our church's tradition that they are. They're first of all, they're seeking a deep intimacy and relationship with God first, and from that conformity with Him, inspirations and in, in new life emerges to address challenges and needs in the world, and so you know, we believe that, and that's really at the heart of the gospel is the gospel's entrepreneurial. I mean, look at St. Right. Paul, I mean, he spread the gospel over the known world and he was a tent maker and he was founding new communities. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think the gospel, I think the gospel and mission itself is inherently entrepreneurial. And I think, I think thinking of it in entrepreneurial terms can, can be a way of, of uh, helping to, uh, helping to garner energy for a new movement in the church today for, for renewal. Um, and so I think, I think we're called to be mission-oriented mission and, and to spread the gospel. And I think use, utilizing and harnessing entrepreneurial means for that can be, can be a powerful way of, of, uh, of bringing the gospel to others. But first and foremost, rooted in our faith and, and allowing God to, to work through it.
1: I'm back in parish life again after serving as president of a high school. And I can see this too for pastors that uh, in many ways, rather than looking at the church as a group of ministries that we've had for years and we're just got to perpetuate and maintain the status quo, that, well, let's look entrepreneurially, uh, let's look creatively at ways that we can meet the needs of the people in our area. And I, I think that would be revolutionary for the for the parishes as well.
2: Yeah, we we have a, we've had a lot of interest from pastors and, and parish leaders to, to join our community, um, and I think I think ones that are hungry for new approaches and, and ways to reach people. And you know, we I guess we're also not afraid to um, integrate tools and, and methods from the business world that can be a, can be helpful. As a means, not an end. Like the end is not mm-hmm. to make money or to like grow for the sake of growth, but they can be means. And I think the, the Catholic church at its best has always had a healthy dialectic with the secular world. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at um, Aquinas integrating ancient Greek philosophy, right. To find the good in it. And, or, mm-hmm. uh, early church architectural design, uh, modeled on, you know, the first churches were, were a lot of the first churches were modeled on Roman, uh, mm-hmm. Roman government building design. That's where the Basilica comes from. Right. So, um, you know I think we can integrate uh, other you know tools and, and methods in the business world as a means for evangelization and, and renewal and I think pastors and, and other leaders um, can can find in these uh, ways of you know ways of reaching people and, and to think creatively and entrepreneurial about it and often it's it's Often can start with the human person too, which is very fitting with our Catholic belief, belief system too, sure. is what are the needs of the human person? And what are the needs of the people in my community, in my diocese, in my parish boundaries? And how can I serve them best? How can I go out to them and start, start with that first? And that's often those are often the same steps of starting a company uh, uh-huh. or an or right. organization yeah. is to see the needs around you and how you can address them. So I think there are a lot of parallels there.
1: It's interesting. Uh, you may, made a comment at the very beginning of the podcast, uh, using a word that, that I love and use a lot. I have, a, you know, with a background in marketing communications, use the word branding uh, for the church. And I, I used to do these uh, conferences for parishes talking about that marketing and branding are not bad words. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these are not words that the church should avoid but they are words we need to embrace and utilize. Uh, talk for a bit about uh, the need for for parishes, for the local church, dioceses, for uh, different groups, uh, that marketing and branding is not pretending to be something you aren't, but uh, how we can use it to really let the world know who we really are.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good question. I think it deserves a thoughtful answer too. I think, I think um, I, well, one, I think that, we need to, you know just as in liturgy you there's when liturgy is beautiful and done well there's a there's an attention to the detail there's attention to the beauty of of the um of the church of the the movements of the liturgy of the different components of it and that takes work mm-hmm. and that takes effort but it creates an experience for those uh, who are participating to encounter God more fully and there's a beauty to it and so I think I think that can be that can be a helpful analogy when thinking about the opportunity with respect to marketing or branding mm-hmm. that um, that we also want to show others who may be on the fringes of the church or even outside of it the potential and the beauty in it and for culture today largely they respond to respect and are drawn to the um, marketing and, you know, marketing and branding are related to how people, uh, think about things and the, in the buy-in they, they can have for something. And so I, I think it, to ignore it is to, 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 the detriment of the church. And so I think there is an opportunity for the church to consider how they can, um, cr- present the beauty and the richness and the fullness in a way that's authentic, but also right. reaches people today, which is very consistent with Vatican II and the adjournment uh, theme within Vatican II documents, and so I think there are potential shadow sides and risks of that. In that you could also um, just try and look pretty, or you know, right, like, right. Uh, you know, just just try and look good, or you know, kind of sell out or whatever. I mean, there there are risks in in that, but I do think I do think it's an opportunity for the church to uh, connect with a broader audience by bringing out the authentic beauty and richness of the church in a way that presents and communicates to the, to the world, um, you know, and, and, and reads the signs of the times while not compromising it's, it's authentic identity. And I I think there's Mm -hmm. more opportunity there for the church for sure.
1: Now I want to shift gears just a little bit, because I know that right now you're neck deep in preparing for a major event coming up and uh, the podcast is going to be, uh, viewed or listened to the first part of may, and you've got something coming up, uh, Uh, with uh, a collaboration that you're undertaking with the University of St. Thomas in Houston uh, to host the first ever Catholic Entrepreneurial Summit called the Scent Summit. Now, it's going to be May 18th and 19th, so it is coming up very soon. And it's on the campus of the University of St. Thomas, and it sounds like a, a huge, exciting event. Lots of uh, Catholic founders, CEOs, business leaders—those that are interested uh, in this whole entrepreneurial mindset—tell uh, me a little bit more about what is going on at the Scent Summit.
2: Yeah, th- thanks for asking about it. Yeah, we're excited. This is our first um, kind of major external event, uh, the Scent Summit. We, we, you know, I, I think especially with COVID, people are just so hungry to connect in person and to collaborate right. uh, in. in in person. And we had our first retreat last fall for, for our members. It was a private retreat and it was just, you know, I thought it would be good, but it was, it was on fire. People were, you know, they were like, when is the next retreat? They, you know, just love the opportunity to be in person. We start every day with mass and prayer and adoration and confession. Mm -hmm. And then we also had business uh, kind of business coaching sessions and then time for community discussion where you could bounce ideas and get feedback from each other in a private setting. And everyone walked away from the retreat with, you know, one, one thing that they wanted to work on that year and one commitment to help get there. And that was, they got there through prayer and through discussion with others and, and thinking on their own. And so it was, a, it was kind of an integrated way of building in spirituality and business tools for practical results for these people. And we wanted to do something like that, that was not just for our members, but a little bit broader. So we decided to, to host a, uh, a summit for Catholic founders, CEOs, leaders, um, investors, um, and it's a way of, uh, allowing these people we're calling it holy collisions. So uh, a way for all these types of people to connect that are hungry to meet. I hear from a lot of, especially secular founders that they, they're hungry to meet other people like them, but they, they can't really talk about their faith in their workplace and, right. <laughs> and they want to meet others like them. And so we want to create a forum, a forum for that. And, mm-hmm. um, allow people to walk away with something practical too, from it, a practical next steps for, for them. And building a network that, that needs their kind of, uh, where they want to go in, in the future. So, um, got a lot of great, uh, CEO and, and tech founders and, and, uh, um, investors that are going to be there as well as mission oriented founders, um, in education. Um, we have a uh, seat and education partners, their founder, uh, co-founder Stephanie, uh, will be there. And so, um, we'll also have some education representation, which we're really excited about. And if anyone hears this and, like to join us? Please check it out. scent.ventures um, is the, is the website, and we'd love to see you there.
1: And uh, tell me a little bit more about who who's coming to be present uh, a presenter uh, for the groups.
2: Yeah, so um, we'll we'll have uh, um, a panel on tech. You know, a panel on tech. Today, I mean, tech, tech kind of the big, you know, oh, yeah. billions of dollars flowing into tech every, whether you're a school or you're a NGO or you're a, mm-hmm. you know, investor, you're, you're asking yourself, how, how do I integrate technology? What are we doing? What does that look like practically for Catholics? And, you know, I think there are trade-offs to this, right? There, there are good things and there are opportunities, but there are also risks and there, you know, there are challenges that come with building technology. Am I really focused on the dignity of the person with technology, it, you know? um, how can I, I can reach people more efficiently and more effectively and, um, and and evangelize through it. But then also there's risks of isolation or, um, you know, or of other problems that emerge. So we're going to have a, just an honest conversation with uh, several Catholic tech founders and, and about this, like what, what, how do we think about technology from a faith perspective? um, and, and what does that look like? And then we'll have a panel from, from investors too. uh, a lot of venture capital investors and, who, you know, what, how do they think about making investments in a way that um, brings their faith into it? And, and, mm-hmm. and what does that look like now? And what could that look like in the future? What is the potential the opportunity in the future to align faith and investing even more? Uh, mm-hmm. And then we'll have a lot of breakout sessions from, uh, edu- you know, the entrepreneurship and education uh, led by um, Stephanie from Seton Education Partners um, to the founder of uh, we'll have keynotes from, uh uh, David Mann, who uh, is the chairman of um, uh, entrepreneur, it's in a company called Entrepreneur Operating System. They have a book called Traction. It's one number one or one of the top uh, entrepreneurship books out there right now. That so he heads up that company. So it's going to be it, really the theme of everything is going to be how what does entrepreneurship in the faith look like when it's aligned. Um, at, at, at a level of excellence, excellence in our faith and becoming holy and saints, but then also an excellence in uh, fruitfulness for our, our ventures and businesses with, with God's help.
1: Well, I know that you have people like from Seton. Uh, I think Alex is going to be there from Hallow, but you also, as you said, you have those that are involved more in secular companies and it's interesting as you look at some of the companies that there might even be those that say, I didn't even know he was a Catholic. So this might be a way right. for for there to be more unifying, as you said, of those who are coming.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that out, too. And, and something that, you know, we started just by serving, working with mission oriented founders like uh, the founder of Halo or other other Catholic organizations and companies we had a lot of interest from founders and, and leaders who are running kind of secular enterprises they were just really hungry to connect with others who share their faith and we found that they they helped each other out tremendously so the mission oriented founders were really eager to connect with people that were running you know businesses that were very successful um, because they could learn from them ways of you know you know, ways of operating a business at an excellent level. And then the business founders often benefited from the deep, deeper, not always, but a lot of times deeper spirituality or deeper approach to mission that the mission-oriented founders had. And so mm-hmm. we, we found that it was a, it was a better ecosystem because of that. And so we try to be intentional about, about inviting and including different profiles of entrepreneurial leaders so that they can build each other up and, and challenge each other as well.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the things in your materials for the summit that I loved was there was a statement that said, the unifying factor among all in attendance will be this com- will be a common spark for renewal. Mm. So it, it sounds to me like people are gathering with the intention that things can really move forward in a new and vital way, not only for them, but kind of as a movement. Is that is that part of the the genesis for this event?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it is. It is that we're hungry, that uh, our our church, our communities are hungry for renewal and new life. And um, when we gather together uh, in, and allow the Holy Spirit to to take over, that new life can emerge from that. Uh, and so uh, that is kind of our hope for it, that we'll create some structure and process and gather some people. But a lot of it's just going to be turned over to God and see how he wants to work through it as well. And, and that if he wants to, you know, bring it, you know, kind of bring something forward that's a, that's a bigger, something bigger beyond ourselves, then then uh, we surrender that to him.
1: One of the things I was thinking about as you've been sharing is that there may be some business leaders who are uh, devout Catholics, and yet their their business and their practices and everything have remained somewhat distinctly separated from their faith, and they really don't know how to bridge that that uh, barrier is there a is there something at the summit that might really address that kind of issue for let's say a, a leader who wants to really um, invest his faith more in his business but really doesn't even know where to begin
2: yeah that's a that's a good question and that's part of like that's part of what we try to do is it's, I mean because that's that's you know as you know, for any of us, it's not a one shot, one shot deal. That's a lifelong journey of integration. And, uh, you know, and and it's, it's multifaceted and it looks different for every human being. Right. So that's a lifelong journey, but we do hope to have some shots in the arm for that and um, kind of some, some uh, hopefully some aha moments through the summit. We'll have some, some of our, our sessions will be focused on, on that question on, what does faith look like practically integrated as a CEO or business leader? Um, you know, and in different, you know, in tech investing, but then also just more generally, we, we do plan to have a breakout session on that. So um, that will be part of it. And then it, for our members at Sent, that as part of the the arc of the journey with us is is exploring that more richly, as well as mm-hmm. kind of building up. The leaders practically, so that and giving them practical resources and help, so they can grow their grow their ventures as, as well.
1: We're just a couple of weeks away from uh, the summit. Can people still register and attend?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Sign up still. Uh, well, when this goes live, I, I think registrations will actually technically close, But if they're open until May, in, until April thirtieth, uh, and so. Registrations are open until until then. Um, but uh, you know, if if you do hear this, reach out to us. There may be a couple take slot if there are a couple slots open. end. We'll so don't don't hesitate to to reach out.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point because this will be broadcast probably you know after the deadline. But uh, there may be some opportunity again. You're trying to keep the a cap on the number of attendees, I would guess, in order for it to. Yeah, for there to be the maximum uh, collaboration going on.
2: Yeah, it, and we are limited limited by some of the space restrictions as well. Um, but if there if there's are some, if, reach out to us if you if you do listen to this podcast, and you're really interested in coming. It, it it's happening shortly before the summit. But if you uh, if it's something of interest to you, feel free to send us a note, and we can you know if there are some spots available still, we'll make every effort to to collaborate with you on it for sure.
1: And in addition, uh, no matter when we're listening to this podcast, becoming a, a member or a part of Scent is definitely an option.
2: Yes, we do. Yeah, we have rolling admission for uh, two of our membership levels, and then our fellowship program. Uh, the applications will be opening for that in the in August. Um, That that cycle will start in August. The applications will open up this summer. Um, but would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us. Check out our website, sendventures.com, and we'd love to find a way to support you in, in your mission as a leader.
1: Now, a couple of times you've mentioned uh, with regard to the summit, there's an education track, but also in terms of uh, send ventures, there's uh, a way that you could work with, uh, let's say, Catholic school administrators and that our, our viewing uh, and uh, listening audience we have a lot of uh, Catholic school administrators. Is there anything in particular that you might want to say about uh, those two options for them, especially?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, someone who so my first job after college was I, I uh, worked um, for an NGO, uh, nonprofit organization, in education policy, and then I worked for the governor of my home state doing education policy and um, as someone who's been in school quite a bit and then in religious life, I actually taught in a Catholic school for, for a year, uh, taught religion and I was assistant PE teacher. So, oh wow, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I know. yeah, there's nothing more humbling than being assistant PE teacher, but I, uh, I loved it. It was actually, that was one of my favorite jobs I ever had was being, uh, was teaching in this Catholic school. So I just did deep heart for education and is a, and, um, and, and the beauty and the potential of Catholic schools. So, you know, just would love the opportunity to serve and support more Catholic school leaders and administrators through, through Scent. Uh And I believe that um, being connected with a broader uh, CEO and, and founder network can, can be, it can be great to get new ideas for how businesses mm-hmm. and, and business leaders build, um, you know, think creatively about growth and, and delivering value and service to their, to their constituents and their members. And so, um, I think it can be something that could be really a value to Catholic to like school administrators or, or leaders and would love to talk to you more about it. Feel free to reach out to me if, if you'd like to talk about that.
1: Now, John, you know I'm guessing that there's no doubt in your mind the last 24 months have probably been the most unique and most daunting for all of us uh, in uh, our various uh, professional and uh, venture careers. Uh, for things having to do with entrepreneurship it was especially uh, problematic mm-hmm. coming out of and I'm assuming we're coming out of this out of the pandemic and everything else what where do you see Catholic leaders right now what's their greatest need that you see
2: hmm. yeah that's a good that's a great that's a great question um yeah I think I think you know two of the great needs that 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 we see, um, is, you know, one for, I think community, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, there's this isolation just generally in our culture. And then especially, uh, you know, through the pandemic, uh, there's just a hunger for like authentic connection and and community, uh, and relationship. Um, and so I, I think that's a big, that's a big need. And we're trying to address, we're trying to uh, poke at that a little bit through the summit and through what we do at Scent. Um, and then I think, I think also, uh, um, you know, integrating faith authentically into the leadership, what does that look like practically? So it lays, mm-hmm. you alluded to earlier, it's not a disjointed uh, it's not just, dis- it's not as disjointed, but what does it really look like to live my faith in my, in my, in my work in my, in, in, in my, in my profession. And and practically speaking, um, not just in theory, but like, what does it look like for my prayer life? What does it look like for drawing healthy boundaries between my work and my personal and my family life? What does it look like to uh, rev- really reverence and love the people that I work with and respect their dignity? Like, practically, what does that look like? How do I treat them in meetings? How do I um, how do I listen to them? Uh, how do I build that into the process and very bones of my organization and business? And so. Those are, some of the, um, those are some of the things that we hope to kind of dive more into in the coming years at and really uh, support leaders in.
1: There's a, an old adage that says demographics are destiny. And mm-hmm. right now, uh, in some of the reports that are coming out in terms of the American Catholic Church, our metrics are not very hopeful what advice or counsel or encouragement do you have for Catholic leaders in our dioceses, our parishes, our schools, those who are in the trenches right now with this current situation? Uh, You you have a lot of hope for the future. Can you talk about that and speak specifically to those leaders?
2: Sure. Yeah. And I I mean, I want to be very, I mean, I, I don't know who am I to offer any advice or suggestions. I want to be very kind of like, guarded and, and humble and cautious with saying anything like that. But um right. I, I mean I think I, I mean I can just echo what saints have said in the past and what our, our church teaches. And I mean I think that is, you know, first and foremost, if we genuinely seek to be close to God ourselves and seek an intimacy and a relationship with Him above all else, that that it's going to flow from there. You know, everything is going to take care of itself. So if we're prioritizing our period of time, if we're Uh, if we're going to confession regularly, if we're, uh, receiving Christ in the Eucharist, if we're, um, you know, making an effort to love those in our midst with God's help and the Holy spirit's guidance, you know, we're going to grow in holiness. And then it's going to echo around us through our organizations, through our work, through our relationships, you know? And, and so, I, I mean, I, I think there's no, no replacement for, for that. And, um, I pray for the grace to, to walk that walk myself.
1: So. If uh, individuals want to know more about Scent Ventures, uh, where would you send them? Where would they go?
2: Yeah, thank you, Father Andy. Uh, check out our website, sentventures.com, Uh, A lot of information about who we are, wh- what we do, uh, types of uh, groups and organizations that we serve, and how, you know, membership information, and information about the summit also. So please check us out there and, and uh, let us know how we can serve you or support you or, or um, just you know, or even just sign up for our newsletter. We'd love to stay in touch that way if nothing else.
1: And what about the summit? Where Where is that information found?
2: That can also, I'll probably just keep it simple. Just, that's also on our website. So okay. sentventures.com And then there's a summit. You can see the summit there too. Um, uh, so sentventures.com is probably the best one-stop shop to access both of those. Will
1: there be ways in which the resources, the presentations of the summit Uh, might be made available to people uh, after the event?
2: Yeah, thanks. that's a good question. Uh, We do plan to make some some of it available afterwards, um, working out the details of what that looks like, but Mm -hmm. we'll plan to have that be available.
1: I can just see that uh, a a lot of the, just looking over the venue that you're going to have, well, some of this stuff's going to be evergreen for quite a while, Mm. uh, you know, and uh, it could really help a lot of people. So I'm excited to hear that. That is fantastic. Well, John Cannon from Scent Ventures, thank you so much for for being with us today. This has really been great.
2: Thank you, Father Randy, for having me. It's been a blessing to be here and and share a little about myself and what we do. So um, thank you.
1: Well, for our viewers and our listeners, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and to leave a comment to help us to know what you would prefer for some of our future programming. And we'd also like to thank our intern, Alex Shire, for his assistance in the production of our podcast.
0: May Almighty God bless you. We'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of Follow to Lead, a production of the Duke and Altam Schools Collaborative. To learn more about finding your own path in your journey of faith or for more information on what we discussed in today's episode, you are invited to follow us on social media and visit us on the web at diaschools.org. To provide a one-time donation or monthly pledge, please visit our website. Your gift will aid us in providing up-to-date information, additional resources, and other support on how to take Catholic education to a higher level. We look forward to helping you follow God's call to lead others to God right here on Follow to Lead.